on election night in the year 2000. I finally turned off my television and disheartened and a little nauseated, I went to sleep. Maybe some of you were as surprised as I was when I woke, opened my door the next morning and picked up a newspaper to see that the outcome of the election was still uncertain. It's the first time that that had happened to my knowledge in my lifetime. I pretty much knew how the election would go in 2004, but had no idea in 2008 that by 8 p.m. West Coast time, the president, presidential election would be called so early. In 2016, though, I had a pretty good idea of how it would go. I knew from the time he threw his hat in the ring, by fair means or foul, even though I had hoped it would be different than I thought. And here we are, two days before this year's election day, and I hearken back to the election 20 years ago. Wow, 20 years goes by really quickly. But I don't know how this will turn out. Here we are in a mismanaged global health crisis where many of you have already cast your votes and we're awaiting an election that comes with threats and outright acts of voter intimidation and suppression and a near certainty that the results will be contested and a threat of a refusal to allow a peaceful transfer of power. Along with a constant barrage of assaults and attacks on democracy and decency and truth. It's likely that we will not know the results of this election on Tuesday or even Wednesday or well, I don't even know exactly when we'll know. And most of us are just waiting and hoping, hoping and waiting, and maybe a wee bit anxious. Sometimes I have to just remind myself to take a deep breath. And so I offer that to you right now as a signal for your body to relax, for your mind to let go, but if you are in a place to take a conscious breath, know that you're breathing. You know that you always are because you're here. But know this is what it feels like going into my lungs, into my nostrils, down into my lungs and coming out. Sometimes I can feel the air on my face. Just be conscious of that breath. A friend of mine said about the election that what we're truly waiting for is to see who we are as a people. Are there enough of us willing to cast a vote away from what will further erode the promise of democracy? Are there enough of us willing to cast a vote toward a society that values indigenous wisdom, that values the wisdom of our principles, that values truth? Are there enough of us willing to work for it? Will enough of us choose to protect this blue-green boat that we call home? And no matter what happens, things aren't going back to normal. And you know what? They shouldn't go back to how it was before. 
before this pandemic and before this regime, there was racism and homophobia and xenophobia and sexism and ableism, and it is still there and will be. But hopefully now, more of us can recognize it more easily and speak out against it more readily. A change in who is in power in our government will not be a cure-all. It will be a form of harm reduction, and we can be for that. But as Ali Henney says, if somebody is being crushed by a 10-ton weight, taking off two tons might reduce the pressure, but it won't change the fact that the person is being crushed. So there is more for us to do. Even after Tuesday, especially after Tuesday. We may rest, we may breathe, but we must continue bending the arc of justice. Imagine how many elections your ancestors voted in or weren't allowed to vote in, or how many of them survived dictatorships and fought for the right to vote or waited for the right to vote, and how many of them hoped. Think of all that your ancestors must have gone through. There were more than 4,000 of them, after all, in the last 400 years that enabled you to be alive right now in this present moment. We remember them, those people for better or worse who shaped our lives. In the rising of the sun and in its going down, we remember them. I invite you to say that phrase along at home, we remember them. In the blowing of the wind and in the chill of winter, we remember them. In the opening of buds and in the rebirth of spring, we remember them. In the rustling of leaves and in the beauty of autumn, we remember them. In the beginning of the year and when it ends, we remember them. When we are weary and in need of strength, we remember them. When we are lost and sick at heart, we remember them. When we have joys we yearn to share, we remember them. So as we live, they too shall live, for they are now part of us as we remember them. Kathleen McTeague writes, in the struggles we choose for ourselves, in the ways we move forward in our lives and bring our world forward with us, it is right to remember the names of those who gave us strength in this choice of living. It is right to name the power of hard lives well lived we share a history with those lives. We belong to the same motion. They too were strengthened by what had gone before. They too were drawn on by the vision of what might come to be. Those who lived before us, who struggled for justice and suffered injustice before us, have not melted into the dust and have not disappeared. They are with us still. The lives they lived hold us steady. Their words remind us and call us back to ourselves. Their courage and love evoke our own. We, the living, carry them with us. We are their voices, their hands, and their hearts. 
we take them with us and with them choose the deeper path of living. Several of you sent me pictures and those will be shared in a few moments. But first, I want, you, I want to thank you for sending those, for trusting me to hold those even, virtu even if virtually and maybe especially virtually, to hold the names and the memories, the love and perhaps the family dysfunction. It was very moving for me to put this together, to see the beauty in those faces and imagine how many stories you hold of those people and to see their beauty shine in you.